and good day, eh? Welcome to the Super Good Camping Podcast. My name is Pamela. I'm Tim. And we are from supergoodcamping.com. We are here because we are on a mission to inspire other families to enjoy camping adventures such as we have with our kids. Today we wanted to do a little episode about portages, or if you're from the U.S., portages. Uh, we were actually listening to something the other day and was like, oh, why, why is he saying it like that? Apparently, that's the acceptable way to say it in the U.S., but here in Canada, we say it as portage, uh, and I'm assuming it comes from the French word for carrying, or no? Yes? I, I have no idea what the origin <laughs> is. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Anyways, we are going to talk about portages. It comes from a shortened swear word for I hate carrying this book over my head. <laughs> French, French have an elaborate way of saying thing, things and sounding nicer. That's it. So yeah, we just uh, thought this might be a good thing just to review like some, what some of the portages might be like, how you might spot the portage that you're looking for, um, what to do if you show up in the middle of the dark and you can't find your portage. <laughs> It's Some of the things that have happened. Pray, 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 pray that you have a really good uh, headlamp on. Okay, so but portages, it's the carrying of a boat or it's cargo between two navigable waters or it's or as the verb it's to carry a boat or it's cargo between two navigable waters. They can be they can be itty itty bitty uh, things called uh, liftovers. They're about ten meters uh, for those of you south of the border. That's about thirty feet, and they call it a liftover because in theory, if you've packed reasonably lightly, you can pick your boat up with its stuff uh, and lift it over whatever it is a log dam, uh, often not uh, like a beaver lodge or a beaver dam. Thomas and I don't pack that light. <laughs> we ended up having to unload at least part of the the canoe, lift it over, and then and like carry that up, and then lift the the canoe over and then reload so it can be time consuming that's that's for sure they can run i know i've seen plenty of five kilometer ones i swear somebody it's in a story somewhere and i i could be completely out of my mind i want to say that should it was i a, comment on that no there's a there was a, a wonderful series a bunch of young uh, strapping young men uh, did called canoe for covid and I want to say they did some some crazy one that was like eight kilometers or something, and a bunch of it was what's known as bushwhacking, where they they actually had to hack uh, branches and whatnot off trees in order to make their way through because there was no path at all. That's a long way to carry stuff. That, it's it's crazy, man. It's five, I, I think the longest Thomas and I have done is two point something, two point three, two point four, something like that kilometers, uh, and that was a killer. I know in one of our episodes, the one about what could go wrong. Uh, you talked about like tying everything to your canoe just to make it somewhat easier if you happen to get flipped over so you don't have to retrieve all your stuff from downstream. But your your preference, you'd said, was more to not have to do that because you can't flip it over once it's so heavy with all that stuff tied to it. But in terms of portaging, is that easier with it all tied into the canoe? Absolutely not. It's way too heavy. There are people who do it in, in single carry which is you you know you throw your backpack on you often sling an, a smaller pack on your your front uh, maybe carry your canoe over your head with one hand and the yoke your paddles in another hand you you know whatever you strap your pfd to one of your uh, thwarts what, what however that goes uh, we've tried it. it it's it's way too much of a grind i just get, i just get over it i just plan more time now so that we do Multi carries take take a load across the portage, drop it, go back for the canoe, and, and often another pack, but a lighter pack, and and uh, and take that across. 
so it, speaking about portages, they can be often they're a path or sometimes they're an ATV trail or a path to an ATV trail. Then you take an ATV trail across. Sometimes they're they're well worn. Sometimes they are rock gardens, like like you know many many boulders that you can be, risk breaking your ankle on. Um, oh, mucky. Oh, boggy, 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 full of mosquitoes, which love to get up under your canoe and and buzz about your head for the entire trip. That's good fun. I'll I'll tell you. Uh, sometimes they're animal paths. You often run into obstacles, you know, a downed tree, the washout from uh, from a ton of spring rain or something like that, where it's, you know, it's now it's a it's a big groove and it's all the all the a lot of the loose scree has has you know come downhill and you've got to scrabble through that, which <laughs> I don't want to sound discouraging, but it it can often be a, a bit of a challenge. Uh, sometimes they're nice level flats and we and we've seen it. You can you can drag your cooler in on wheels and rock your way through sometimes they go straight up and and for quite some ways and then come straight back down we've had some thomas and i've had to actually rope our canoe and drag it up uh, it was so steep through a section of a, of a portage at one point that was at killarney i think right it was it was indeed that was a, the one that uh, it, it, it went it went very up and very down, and by the time we got to the other end of it, Thomas beat me when we were carrying the packs, and I couldn't figure out why he was taking so long to, to come back. It was because he was throwing up, so not always fun. How you find a portage, uh, as often as not, when you're when you're paddling towards the end of the lake that hopefully you've, you've read the map and it says there's a portage over there, you're looking for... Look for look for a V, like look for a lower the lowest section. That's usually where the portage is. You're also if you're in most of the Ontario parks backcountry, you're looking for a uh, yellow symbol. I don't actually know what it's called. It's a little plaque. Uh, it's got a it's, a it's yellow with black outline. It's a fellow with a canoe over his head. If you know what canoe hound <laughs> Dennis Rogers, if you know what his 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 uh, logo looks like, that's what it looks like on a, on a yellow background. Uh, we discovered there are plenty of unmarked ones, the or they're marked with a blaze, like somebody has taken a hatchet or an axe and cut a piece of you know a slice off of a tree, so you can see that it's against the bark of the tree that there's a there's a spot that's that's missing. Uh, that's called a blaze, and that's that's often how the trails are. The portage is marked, and then the the trail of the portage itself. Well, and Dennis has also mentioned sometimes marking portages on his on his ways too. I think on his ways, uh, yes, he's he specifically has has much smaller those yellow yellow signs that that he tacks in place. There's also uh, marking tape. It's a it's a plastic tape that you can you tie on to a branch or whatever. It's yellow. It stands out so that again you can find it. Yeah, and sometimes they just they just aren't. Or sometimes the, uh, Thomas and I, when we did the French River this past summer, we were there were three of them we were supposed to do that were unmarked, and it turned out that that's what sorry that's what it said on our maps, but our map was a little bit out of date, and somebody had gone through, and not, they didn't have the plaques up, but it had they had done uh, there was a <laughs> big yellow Ontario Parks bag. Uh, we would never have found that one without that, and then and then little bits of of uh, marking tape along the way. Well, in terms of carrying the canoe, I know you and Thomas had learned a little trick uh, at the canoeing course that you did down at Harborfront. You mentioned that you had been kind of just slinging it right over top of both of your heads, uh, which made it 
somewhat difficult sometimes to see. You can see your boots. You can't really <laughs> see where you're going. We, we banged into more than one tree for sure. <laughs> or branches stuck out from the side. But uh, the better way. The better way, yes. Although a slightly not not 100% comfortable, but better than banging into trees. If you, instead of putting it over your head, if you put it, let's say the guy at the front, if it's two people carrying, the guy at the front puts it over his, rests it on his right shoulder, and the folks, whoever's at the back, uh, rests on the left shoulder, then you've got your heads outside of the canoe, and both of you can cover one side or the other, right? You cover, you cover the whole much, much better vision. The new canoes, you know, with it's only if it's only forty pounds, forty-five pounds ish, uh, something like that for the for you know like a, a Kevlar canoe, you can use a yoke. Theoretically, it's at the right weight point, uh, and it's got a it's got a small U in the center of it, so you can set it on your shoulders and carry the canoe that way. You can control balance by by holding a um, like a thwart or uh, a string like you, your uh, your rope from the front of the canoe if, if it's a little back heavy you can just hold onto that rope and it'll keep the front end down a little bit but also it, because it's balanced so that the back of the canoe is lower than the front you have much better vision that way as well so taking one trip versus two trips is really just dependent on your weight of what you've packed and how ambitious you were about going back and forth a couple times ambitious yeah yeah <laughs> it's uh, honestly tom thomas and i don't pack ultralight by any stretch we, we pack light we have a lot of light gear but we take a lot of gear with us so i've just kind of gotten over that and as time progresses we like to add things like chairs to the to the light it's small but still chairs it's more weight uh to our backcountry a pallet, I guess. Yeah, you know what? I'm just I'm over it. Uh, well, well, well. It's called double carry. T- technically, you end up walking it three times because you walk across once with a bunch of gear. You have to walk back to where you started, then grab the rest of the gear in the canoe and and do that walk again. So, I just I I'm better at time planning now rather than trying to kill myself because I sweat enough as it is. But it's a five kilometer portage. You're basically walking fifteen kilometers. Is that what you're? Absolutely. Saying? Wow. Yeah. Not not in one shot. I guarantee. You, I'm I'm sure that two point whatever we probably stopped like four times with certainly on the canoe carry part. No wow. thanks. No. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, any other things to look out for for portages? Signs missing? I think you mentioned right. Yep, missing signs. There there are times where it's 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 just gone or the tree that it was attached to is gone. You run into a uh, you know if you've had a, if there's been a windstorm or who somebody was mentioning uh, they went somewhere. I think it was Camper Christina talking about about tomogamy, and there had been a forest fire, and she couldn't. It was a bit of a struggle to to find the portage and to to travel it because the trees in in tomogamy, it's a, it's a leave no trace uh, park. So there, the idea being that there aren't pieces of plastic tied on the trees and and plastic signs nailed into trees, but they do do blazes, and that's what you're following. Is you're following a, a you know a hacked out piece of bark on a tree and then you're looking for another tree sort of in that direction that has another hacked out piece on it post forest fire there's there's no there's no trunk to to see the the blaze on or it's been you know burnt and it you can't tell there's there's no way so she said that was a she i think she used a, a much kinder word than i would have she said it was interesting it was challenging uh and and i guess one one sort of last thing is you know think about think about the minimizing your impact and again in that it's someone in that leave no trace uh, the the 
idea behind a portage is to keep your your tread your footprint to a minimum so you stay on that portage and it's going to go through muck at some point it's going to go through loose scree it's going to go through rock gardens deal with it don't don't dodge around it you're just widening that portage and that's going to have a non-eco friendly impact on the environment around there whether you're disturbing you know insect homes or plant life you're trampling Yes, they you know they it's meant to to direct the spring rains as it is. If you widen it up, it to, it's somewhere downhill. It's going to totally change the path of that water, which is may not will seldom have a good outcome. That's all. Just the the idea is to stay on trail. Perfect. There you go. That's it for us for today. Thank you so much for listening. Please do tune in again soon. We are Pamela. And Tim. And we are from supergoodcamping.com. We are on all the social media. Please do reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and and subscribe to us on YouTube. We would love to see you there. And if you'd like to reach out to us, we would love to hear your ideas. We would love to have any topics that you'd love to hear about. Our email address is hi at supergoodcamping.com. That's H-I at supergoodcamping.com. Talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye.